All right, welcome to the Shout Out Atlanta podcast. We hope it'll become a part of your daily routine because in just 15 minutes a day, you'll learn two life lessons, one for your personal life and one for your professional life from some of the brightest and most inspiring entrepreneurs, artists, and creatives in town. All right, all right, we've got Habiba Zaman, mental health therapist, owner, and author on the pod today, and she's going to be telling us about her career, the lessons she's learned along the way, and so much more. In addition to her private practice as a trauma therapist, she's also published seven self-help books in, and on self-empowerment and growth. And in her free time, she loves Bollywood dancing, belly dancing, Latin dance, and her kids are forced to dance along with her as well. And so she's just, you know, such a lively person. She's got a great family, amazing career. There is so much to learn from her. And so with no further ado, Habiba, this podcast is all about us getting out of the way, giving you an uninterrupted platform to share your story and the lessons you've learned along the way, both personal and professional. So let's start with your story. Thank you for this incredible introduction. And I'm very, very happy to be here and share my story with you and any nuggets of wisdom that I could possibly give to your listeners. Um, So thank you again for having me. Let's see my journey to becoming who I am today. That's a hard one to be completely honest with you. I mean, ah, let's see. It's been quite the journey in order to share with you how I became who I am now. I guess I would have to take you through how I chose to become a therapist and then how that led to me being an author. It has to start with, I guess, me as a kid. (laughs) I knew that I wanted to be a therapist from eighth grade. And I, I know that sounds absurd, right? I mean, I have, I have an eighth grader. My son is in eighth grade now and I can't imagine him being so certain of a life calling as I was at that time. But to be honest, I was a counselor from birth. I could feel people deeply and sense things that I just didn't know what that was. I would make these deep connections with other people and I was an advocate. I was the family advocate. I was the neighborhood advocate. I would fight injustice. (laughs) And I'm the same person now that I was then. The difference is that now I have the words for it. I knew what I felt and I knew that I was sensitive and I knew I had this understanding of humans and now I just have the terminology for it. I chose counseling ultimately because of my school counselor, Mrs. Bunch. She was this tiny, tiny old woman. And I mean, she probably wasn't old at all, maybe in her 50s or something. (laughs) But at that time, she... She seemed so wise and so strong and so secure in herself and everything. And she was just this force of a little person, tiny, tiny person. I'm only five foot three. So imagine, you know, for me to call someone tiny, she was, she was pretty small, but she was powerful. She was fierce. And one day I was in the hallway and in school and I was walking to a class, I'm sure. And she had just come out of nowhere, grabbed my arm and pulled me aside. And I was freaking out. I was scared and I was thinking, oh my God, what did I do wrong? What happened? Wait, I didn't do anything wrong. Wait, why am I here? And then my mind was just racing and she just stood there just, again, strong and powerful. And she was just looking into me and she was looking into my soul. 
or felt that way anyways. And she didn't move. And I just stood there and she leaned in a little bit, took my hair, put it behind my ear. And she told me, whatever it is, whatever it is that's going on right now will not matter. None of this will matter. Just hold on for a little bit longer. And then turned around and walked away. Now, for someone who spent their entire life trying to be invisible, trying to hide, I did not know what to do with the fact that I had just been seen. No one else understood, not even the people closest to me knew what I was going through. I was having an existential crisis, as most 8th graders I'm sure have, but I was in a dark place in my life, and she was able to see that. And the power that she had, the superpower that she had to be able to do that, I knew that that's what I wanted. I wanted to be a force in someone's life. I wanted to be someone that would walk with them, that would help them find courage to advocate for themselves, to be a container for all these heavy emotions that we humans have. And I knew from that moment that I wanted to be just like her and do for others what she had done for me. So that's how I started this passion and this career path of being a mental health therapist. I worked at hospitals and then I worked at other private practices and other group homes and took all of that knowledge and started up my own practice called North Star of Georgia Counseling. And that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years now. I've had my private practice and we've grown beautifully and everyone there shares that multicultural empowerment mentality. And I'm so thankful and fortunate that I was able to find hope at a time that I didn't really believe in hope. And I hadn't felt that way in a long, long time. I didn't even understand what hope was until Mrs. Bunch came along and changed everything for me. So that's how I became a therapist. My journey as an author is just as unexpected. (laughs) Um, Let's see. So when I was starting my private practice, I ran empowerment and trauma groups for women because I wanted women to have a place where they can just be themselves, whatever, in whatever capacity that they could or wanted to be, whatever they wanted to show or express or, you know, just they could just be there. It was free of charge. It was just a place, a safe space for everyone. And one of my colleagues that I had met at a conference or other networking events before, she was part of my groups. She would come and we spent about two years getting to know each other. And in that time, we realized that our interests were very similar. Uh, Her degrees were in public health. And she also had a fierce desire to bring about a change in the world. And hers was from a mass level, a macro level. Mine is very micro. It's individualistic. And... You know, throughout this time, she was like, I think we should write a book. And I just laughed at that. I was just like, yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and she wouldn't leave it alone. Like, not at all. She would not leave it alone. She would be waiting there at my office in between sessions to talk about it. She would be there on the weekends that I was there. She had convinced everyone in my office that this is the path that we needed to follow. 
She believed in me. She believed in my work and my specific way of teaching. And she did not give up until I said, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Fine, we'll do it. But when I did tell her fine, I also told her, I was like, you do know that I can't write. Like, I'm not a writer. This is not something that I can do. And she told me, she was like, that's okay. You don't have to. Just talk to me and then I'll write it. And so that began um, the whole process. And honestly, it was, it was not something that I had taken seriously in the beginning. I, I mean, I knew what I had to offer. I, I knew that I wasn't, I wasn't threatened by what we would be writing about. This book, Beautifully Bare, Undeniably Youth, this one, the first adult book that I wrote, I have a children's book from before that, but this one, um, this was about finding a, your identity. One of the things that's lost throughout trauma or whether it's lifelong trauma or if it's a single moment of trauma is your sense of self. And that's the one thing that I wanted to help bring to these voices, uh, to people who couldn't have a voice, that didn't feel like they could share themselves, just like I didn't know what to do with mine when I was younger. And that was our, you know, that was our plan. That was our mission, that we would help people realize that no matter how far down a path they've gone, you can always turn around. We don't have to keep living out a narrative we decided on or, you know, much... Much of the time, most people don't even realize that they're living out a narrative that somebody else wrote for them. And so that was the mission. That was the goal. And we got to working and it was, it was a beautiful book. It, it still is a beautiful book. It's one of the things I'm the most proud of. Um, this process of writing I was so unsure of what we were going to do and what it was going to be. And basically anything that wasn't my knowledge base of psychology or the human condition, that's not the issue. It was believing in my voice and the story that I had to share. Confidence in teaching in a way where I felt that the readers would find value and worth in what they were in choosing to invest their time in. And so to be honest, who we were as people when we started the book was not the women that we had become at the end of it and that in itself was the greatest gift I think and lesson in this journey of becoming an author it wasn't just that we wrote this book we we lived it we worked tirelessly through it we cried for it we bled for it um our hearts bled for it and there's so much of it that's in it in a way where we were able to give fully of ourselves just as we were hoping that the readers would be able to fully give of themselves to themselves at the end of reading our book that we had created. Um, so that's how I became a writer. But the transition even from becoming a writer to an author, um, that was a completely different transition. Shalon passed away three weeks after the completion of our manuscript and she was not able to see it come to fruition. So that became the driving force. It certainly pushed me further and stronger 
into making sure that her vision, her view, her belief in me would make it to as many people as possible. And so that became the drive for me. She became the drive. Her memory became the drive. Our love for the book and our message became the drive. And, you know, and that's how I got to where I am now. (laughs) It's a very long journey. It's a very, very complicated journey as, you know, as most people are, as most stories are. So there you have it. All right. So really appreciate you setting that foundation for us. And I'm going to try to zip in and out as quickly as possible to not break up your flow. So let's keep going with the story time theme. We'd love for you to share the story behind how you learned one of the most important lessons relevant to your career or professional life. So talk us through the twists, the turns, the unexpected moments that led to this unexpected but valuable lesson. That one's a hard one. (laughs) I feel like there's been so much growth in the 15 years that I've been doing the mental health therapy. Um, I would say one lesson that I've learned, and it's a combination of both being a therapist of a private practice and then also um, the process of becoming an author and writing was it kind of blended the two together. The process of writing the first book, um, Beautifully Bare and Deniably You, and creating a number of these techniques pushed me to change and grow through these steps in a similar way to how the readers would also be experiencing it. So I had techniques that I had learned in school and things like that, but over the years I had created my own and modified some of the older ones to see how different people would adjust to it, different people would perceive it, different people would um, experience the techniques. And so I've grown as a therapist that way, but specifically in writing the book, I had to sit down and write these modalities and the specific activities that I had to do myself. And so There were times where, you know, it was very uncomfortable because I'm sitting here dissecting a lot of the things that I hadn't looked at in a very long time. I had started the whole process unsure of everything that wasn't just my knowledge base in psychology. Explaining the human condition is not an issue because I I love what I do. It's definitely my passion. I've studied it intensely and even for fun. Um, But the issue was believing in my voice and the story that I had to share, my confidence in teaching in a way that the readers would find, honestly, value and worth in what they were investing their time in. Um, Who I was when I started writing the book was not the woman I had become at the end of it. And honestly, that in itself is the greatest gift and lesson I've received in my journey into becoming an author, being comfortable with my vulnerability, being comfortable with sharing my honesty and my story as, you know, an example of someone who's also been there and hopefully feeling that anyone who's reading the books will read the stories and say, okay, so I'm not alone. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that wisdom with us. And uh, maybe you can share some wisdom from your personal life. So what is a story that highlights an important or interesting lesson from your personal life? Oh, this is another hard one. (laughs) Personal life lesson. 
So for me, I mean, there's so much. Um, Perhaps the greatest life lesson would be to learn to love and accept myself for who I am. And all the shadows that come from where I've been. I mean, acceptance of oneself is probably the hardest challenge to overcome in a world where we're constantly being told that what we have to offer is not enough. I mean, that's a message that we've learned through early childhood and internalized because there's always this sense of needing to live up to somebody else's expectations, whether it's in grades, it's games, societal norms for beauty, body shape, appearance. I mean, from early on, our worth is measured by achievements or being able to fit some box of what somebody else has decided is worthwhile or would make you worthwhile. And starting from early childhood, you can see that in children, we equate acceptance and belonging to love and a sense of self-worth. So it's easy to internalize a message where if we don't meet this expectation that are set and defined for us, that we're not lovable or we're not going to be accepted just as we are. The hardest lesson that I've had to learn is that no matter where I've been or the choices that I've made or how far down a path I've gone, that I could always just turn around and start again. For the longest time, I just felt stuck. I made my bed and I must lay in it kind of thing. And I realized that our stories change. We change as people. We grow. And there are times where the life path that we had chosen isn't what fits anymore. At that time, we made those decisions and we are not trapped in those decisions or images that we created for ourselves. We made those choices based on who we were and the needs that we had at that time. And it doesn't have to be who we remain or it doesn't have to be that we have to stay there. So taking the courage to face these fears and understanding why we made those choices that we did and understanding why that doesn't work anymore and being able to look at what would reflect our needs and our values. I mean, we will work, we will grow, we learn, we laugh. And sometimes that life path is done for that moment. It served its purpose. It, it, it helped us become who we are at this point, but it doesn't belong there anymore. And so in honoring yourself and loving yourself, you can create a world that matches who you are now and who you're going and who you're becoming. All right. Well, thank you so much for being so open and sharing all of the wisdom and stories with us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we, we can't wait to have you back on the pod soon. Um, before we go, what's the best way for our audience to connect with you, 
um, learn more, support you, etc. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share my story and my journey with all of your listeners. This has been this has been wonderful and I think just beautiful and allowing me to relive some of the things that have gotten me to where I am now and what's important to me. So I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share that with everyone else as well. You can find me on habibazaman.com. My books are there. My programs are there. My social media handles are there. It's my first name and my last name. You can also find my company, North Star of Georgia, at northstarofgeorgia.com, all written out. We have our counseling techniques there. We have other therapists on there. Basically, any kind of help you could possibly be thinking about in regards to mental health or empowerment or your own journey. That's what it's all there for. So I hope you found this enlightening. And I am excited that I was able to be a little part of somebody else's journey today. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you to everyone who tuned in today. We sincerely appreciate your time and we hope you'll subscribe. Tell others about the podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave us a review. It means the world to us. All righty. See y'all again soon.